0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger Podcast. I'm your host, Sif, and I'm the founder of Array, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. This week's hot tip is the Limitless (laughs) Lash Strengthening Mascara from Ilya. It's a tongue twister, but you guys, this mascara is something else. It makes my lashes so long, and the best part is that it's a clean beauty brand. If you heard my interview with Ilya's founder, Sasha, a couple of episodes back, you know that the brand really focuses on functionality and it genuinely translates. In fact, this mascara was so good that I knew I had to interview Sasha after using it. I've given it to so many of my friends. Trust me, you need it. So let's talk about today's guest, Heather Anderson founder of New York Pilates and Master Pilates Instructor. New York Pilates is practically an institution. It has such a cult following that I knew I had to get Heather on the podcast to really explain why Pilates is so transformative. After the pandemic hit, Heather had to pivot and launched NYP World, which is a digital studio offering on-demand videos of the brand's signature classes. The episode is awesome because we do a deep dive into Pilates and doing good for your body while also learning a lesson in resilience. Heather's ability to change course during a pandemic is really incredible, and I think we can all learn from it. Before we dive into the episode, a quick request. If you feel like the show has brought you value or you loved a particular episode, please leave a review. I can't tell you how helpful it is. They allow me to continue to bring on the best guests and grow the show. It takes two seconds and goes a long way. So with that, let's welcome Heather to the show.
1: Exactly. Um, okay, so we're going to dive right in. And my first question for you is that you used to be a dancer before teaching Pilates. So I really want to hear about that time in your life.
2: So I grew up as a pre professional ballet dancer. So I was super serious about ballet. Um, and like all through high school and my teens, I did the um, summer program circuit, which in the ballet world, when you're serious, you audition at all these different summer programs. And I went to the um, American Ballet Theater, New York program, which was me being like, I'm really cool. And I was very proud of that. <laughs> and if you talk, if you talk to baby ballerina, they're like, oh, that's good. And, <laughs> and, um, you know, and then I got injured and then got back into it and had like a few years where i was on and off like injured not injured um and moved to new york i did work study at steps on broadway which so that i could take 3 dollar dance classes because that was the deal you work for free and then you still have to pay 3 dollars for dance classes but i would just take dance classes all day and you know that was a really brilliant time i feel like i learned so much and i that was very transformational in just dancing next to professionals and dancing next to um like soloists and um you know very high level dancers just like what you learn from watching them and interacting with them and seeing that all of that and then I did a you know a bunch of like quote weird art shit so <laughs> we do You know, and I was I was also just like about me. I was kind of a weirdo. So it's like I was obsessed with ballet, but I also like shaved my head when I was 16 and like got tattoos when I turned 18. So it's like I wasn't like a classic ballet bunhead by any means, but I just love the art form. So I was always kind of like, okay, I need to like use my love of ballet, but I want to do weird art shit. So I was always doing like working with a a choreographer, doing something contemporary that was performing in Bushwick and, you know, performing at alternative venues and, you know, doing all sorts of weird stuff. So that was my vibe. And um, (laughs) of course it's like the weirder the art shit that you're doing is the um, less that is like a full-time job. So yeah, um, I was I was always doing um, Pilates on the side. Basically, I started um, I started actually working the front desk at a Pilates studio because as part of my injury, I was rehab. I was working on rehabbing it, and I was like, I need to take free Pilates. So that's actually how I even got into Pilates at all. I was working there so that I could do it, but I was just like obsessed with the transformation I saw happening for other people and people who were like non-dancers and seeing how that affected them, which I had never, you know, I was a little baby. It had not occurred to me that this might be like a really positive way to connect with people other than myself, because myself, because when you're. 19 obviously you're the only human in the world um, so yeah that's kind of that's my that's my dance background in a nutshell so i yeah, you know, i did some other things like i did some operas and some more classical things and then i did performance art at the bushwick star i kind of like was the whole gamut of different different types of <laughs> of dance experience and some weird art
1: shit. (laughs) I love it. So then you were working at this studio. What made you decide to actually want to teach Pilates? Like, did you have this like really transformational experience kind of practicing it yourself?
2: So when I started practicing Pilates in a more serious way, um, I definitely saw a change in my body. And I also, found a change in my eye. So I remember standing at the desk at Steps on Broadway where I was doing work study and watching from there, you could like see people taking ballet. And I remember after I started taking Pilates pretty seriously, watching someone at the ballet bar. And all of a sudden I felt like I had x-ray vision and I was like, oh my God, your pelvis is not neutral, (laughs) which is, (laughs) we'll, we'll talk about what that means in a minute. But, um, It was just like all of a sudden I was like, oh, I feel like I I like get things about um, alignment and form that I just had no visibility. I didn't see before. And that was really cool. And I think that's what really hooked me. And then when I was able to then transfer those kinds of concepts to – as after I got trained and I started working, I was able to transfer those kinds of concepts to someone who could use that in their everyday life in a way that really benefited them that's to me that's like the real magic but I saw this happening for people who like came to the studio where they would have these like amazing connections with their instructors and um, it would have like a big impact on their and I think learning that it wasn't just A big impact for me in the context of dancing but it was having a big impact on people in the context of walking around New York City like doing your normal stuff and how I don't know that how just how cool that is and the the real magic of that
1: I mean uh, yeah like I I couldn't agree more like for for me even Pilates was so transformational so like to give you a little bit of backstory, like when I was in college, I gained a little more than freshman 15. Um, and I've always had like a pretty gnarly history of ankle injuries. So when mm-hmm. I um, finished college, and I wanted to get kind of into, like, just like back to feeling healthy, I started doing Pilates. And that was really my first intro into it. And it really changes you like not just in like kind of the the like y- you on the mat but like the way you move and the way you kind of feel in your own body outside of that and it's it's really unique i find
2: that's really cool yeah no perfect example where it's like training your body to move in a healthy way is not something that you learn in PE or it's not something that you learn in school typically. And it does have a really big impact on everyday activities. And it just like if you, for instance, if you are prone to an ankle injury, learning how to strengthen your ankles and learning about how to like a proper gait so that you don't roll your ankle, it can have a huge impact on you being able to like, Wear a pair of high heels and go out on a date, for instance. Like, and mm-hmm. it seems like a really small thing, but it can have a bigger impact on your overall life when you're able to do things that you weren't able to do before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, then I guess from here, like, I'll ask for someone who's maybe new to Pilates, why is it such a special workout? Like, why is there such great benefit?
2: I think that the thing that is really special about Pilates versus other um, workout modalities is you're not just working out, but you're learning a method of moving your body that um, you can take with you into whatever other fitness that you're doing. So an example of that is um, actually what we were just talking about. So I always like this running example. Mm -hmm. So you do Pilates, and Pilates is strength training, by the way. So you're gaining muscle when you're doing this type of a movement. So you're doing an exercise that helps you with strengthening your inner and outer hip, but also the tracking of your knees, and that will have a big impact on your gait when you go running. So then when you're running, you're thinking about, oh, in Pilates, I learned – that I should keep my knee pointed at my second toe and I have to recruit my inner and outer thighs because those are the muscles that control whether or not my knees are pointing in or pointing out. And like, that's how I achieve the goal of keeping my knee pointed at my second toe as I'm running, which is going to keep prevent you from getting injured, but also um, give you more benefit from your running. I, I also think that um, Something that's great for beginners in particular, or someone who's totally deconditioned in Pilates, is that it really starts like at the groundwork where you start laying on your back, working on your core. And when you have a strong core, that affects every other part of your body. Um, And it was like your core affects what's happening in your hips and pelvis, which affects your gait, your core affects your low back. So if you're having low back issues, the place to start is strengthening your core. And it does that in a way that like, even if you're very deconditioned, you can get a lot stronger
1: without it feeling like you're torturing yourself. You know what, Heather, like now that you put it that way, like, I think that that was kind of what drew me into Pilates. Like, you know, when you're maybe at the start of your fitness journey, and you almost don't know where to start, because everything feels so advanced to you. And like, it's just so demotivating that, like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything. And I remember when I started Pilates, like, you know, this is like literally out of university, and I couldn't even do like one push up on my knees. And I started, and I remember like actually just like seeing the progress in two, three months. I was so much stronger, and it was literally just from like, 30 minutes to an hour of Pilates, like five days a week. And it was really transformational. So, and I I felt like, no, I'm not dying. I can do this and I can build up my strength. And I have never had an injury from Pilates. (laughs) I think that's
2: part of the beauty of it is like, because it's, it's incremental and, um, it's also specific and targeted. So I think in so many workouts, I, I use this example of dance cardio, for instance, it's like, if you are at the very beginning of your fitness journey, and you start like, jumping around, and you're doing these compound movements, and you don't have a basis for how to move in a healthy and functional way, it can be really easy to injure yourself, or to just be super intimidated. And so you give up, or like you're not doing things in a way that will be effective for creating strength because you don't know how to have good form when you're doing the movements.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think with Pilates, because it's so targeted, exactly what you're saying. It's like you can progress in strength very, very quickly without with yeah, without it being super intimidating or you know feeling like you're going to injure yourself or just psychologically being like i'm going to die doing this
1: yeah totally it's it's really incredible so i know when someone is you know trying to tone up or like you know like lose weight or whatever they immediately think of focusing on cardio or those like really high impact fitness classes like You know, spinning or even going on these really, really long runs. So, do you feel like Pilates is as effective as these more high intensity workouts?
2: I'm obsessed with this question. So, there's a major misconception in the world that doing cardio is the only way to lose weight. Um, But one of the uh, drawbacks of um, most high intensity cardio is there there are two things number one is generally you're not building muscle when you're doing that kind of cardio um, and when you're doing strength training you're building muscle the The reason you want to build muscle when you're trying to lose weight is when you have more muscle on your body, that muscle burns fat because it takes more calories for your body to maintain muscle so it elevates your um, your, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's escaped me in this moment. <laughs> in metabolism. metabolism, there we go. Yeah. So it, just by having that extra muscle in your body, it elevates your metabolism. So that helps you to burn fat when you're not doing anything else. So it helps you. It's like this idea of quote, after burn, which is, Uh, just that idea that when you have muscle, it helps you burn muscle the rest of the, or it helps you burn fat the rest of the day. There's another thing, which is um, most high intensity cardio actually takes you above the fat burn zone in your heart rate. So this is like such a misconception, but the fat Mm -hmm. burn zone is actually a pretty, it's not a super high heart rate. It's like a very moderate heart rate. So activities like brisk walking or um, Pilates actually, or or, um, maybe like a very gentle leisurely bike ride, that is actually gonna put you in your um, fat burn zone. Um, And when you're in a higher heart rate, you're burning the carbs that you ate that day, but not necessarily burning fat. Um, and that has a whole reaction with your hormones and whatever, and makes you a lot hungrier. So there are some things at play here. Like it's a mix of hormones, burning fat and, um, yeah, so all of that is a little bit of a complicated response, but Mm -hmm. basically building muscle and working in a moderate heart rate is going to be the most effective at helping you lose the weight. That being said, there are benefits of doing high intensity um, workouts, which is literally training your heart. So there is a benefit to that, but it's not going to be the most effective thing at helping you to lose weight, particularly because it will make you so hungry.
1: That's really fascinating. And speaking of hormones, like I have now spoken to so many experts in like the realm of hormones who say that like for, for women, like workouts like Pilates are actually really, really good for us from like a hormonal standpoint as well.
2: Totally. I, there is a conversation about, um, the type of workouts that put you in a stress response will have a negative impact on your ability to lose weight because you release cortisol. So that that's something I'm not an expert on that, but that Mm -hmm. is something that I have read about a little bit. Um and I, I don't know. I think that some people really love being yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like how you grew up.
1: Oh my God. It's true. Um, I'm not sure, but like it like it doesn't really work for me. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like it's so funny. I remember when I was in high school, I thought that the only way that I could stay on like in like good shape was to run and even I felt this way in university and I've always hated running okay like I I don't know it's just not something I could ever get into I tried you know and I don't know I could just never get into it and so it it just felt like okay like maybe fitness isn't for me and I remember finding Pilates and I was like oh wait like this is actually something that's really really fun and like I don't know it just felt a lot I guess like it felt like better for my body and I I felt like I was seeing results without torturing myself. Like running felt like torture to me. It's obviously not the case for everyone, but it's so great for people like myself who, I don't know, like, I guess like that kind of workout just doesn't work for us.
2: Totally. I know I, I've actually learned to run over the years, but it was so, so hard for me. And exactly. It like literally felt like I was torturing myself. And exactly. You have to just find something that is fun for you. And I think Mm -hmm. that like something that for me, it engages my mind and like is sort of meditative. Yeah. Like brings you in versus running is always, and is just so hard for me too.
1: Oh (laughs) gosh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've learned how to do it. I, you got to teach me, honestly, like, it's like one of those things. I'm like, God, like, how do people do it? Like, I, I want to know the secret. I, I know that there isn't necessarily like a secret, but I'm always like, God, like, how do you do it? Like, it's just one of those things,
2: <laughs> you know, I actually think it's, and this is, this comes from my like Pilates programming and like taking someone on a journey of incremental um, improvement it's the same thing with running where it's like you have to start really slow and do like a mile and a half. And you do that regularly until that doesn't make you feel like you're going to die anymore. And then you add a half a mile (laughs) and then you do two miles on like some kind of a regular cadence, like once or twice a week until that doesn't make you feel like you're going to die. And you just, you just increase incrementally.
1: Hey, right, well, maybe I'll give it a go until then. Bloody <laughs> <Lotties> it is. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> um Okay. So I actually have a question for people who have like, I guess, more limited time. And actually like, this is currently me because I have um, my business array, which is really like, it takes everything out of me. So how do you feel about people who are like under a time constraint and can only spare like 20 to 30 minutes for a Pilates class? Like, do you feel like that's still an effective workout?
2: A hundred percent. And I think this is something uh, that I think really can derail people is they'll be like, I don't have enough time. And so they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but just doing 10 minutes is such a substantial increase over doing nothing, particularly yeah. because you're building muscle. Mm-hmm. So even if it's 10 minutes, if it's 20 minutes, whatever you can carve out for yourself to do is to make a huge impact. Cause if you think about The difference between doing 10 minutes and 20 minutes is a massive increase if you're able to do that with any regularity. So it's just like pick any goal, it doesn't matter how small it is, and hit that target so that you can feel successful. And this is actually, as we were working on, as we've been working on NYP World and as we were concepting what we wanted the platform to be like, this is something that. There's so much research about, particularly people who are at home and doing workouts on the internet, is it's really easy to get distracted. And so bite-sized portions are much more digestible for people. Mm-hmm. So we organized the workouts on NYP World with like a series of small videos to get your full workout. Um, So they're little bite sized increments. But the other thing about that is it's like you can do five minutes here, and eight minutes there, and then seven minutes later in the day. And like each time you go to do that little piece of workout, it's really low key. But, you know, incrementally, it adds up, but always doing something is so much bigger than doing nothing
1: yeah I love that, and you know what you're actually very much right because when I see like you know fifty minute sixty minute workouts and i'm I'm at home right like before things shut down, it was different like I would very happily go to a one hour workout class and it was like almost this like meditative time for me to just get away from everything and work out but I noticed for myself, like when we went into lockdown and I was doing workouts at home, like anytime I'd see a 50 minute or like 60 minute or even a 40 minute video, I'd just be like, oh, like, how am I going to do all of this? Right. And so like, you're so right. Like doing those like smaller incremental like things and just like building it up incrementally and like just putting a few different videos together is awesome. So I love that you have NYP World organized like that.
2: I feel like I've experienced this myself, even like 35 minute workouts. I like, I go to click the button. I'm like, Oh, can I do this? Like, <laughs> yeah. am I going to make it? But or of course it's like, I have a lifetime of doing <laughs> like hour and a half workouts and it's so much of it is psychological and getting distracted and like committing to yeah. focusing on this thing, even though you have a thousand things happening in your house. So yeah, definitely. But just doing that 20 minutes is going to have a huge impact on your, on your body and your tone and how you feel.
1: Totally. Um. If someone is trying to become more flexible and have improved form, do you feel like practicing Pilates is enough or is there such a way, sorry, is there such a thing as like almost supplementing Pilates with like another workout that would help your Pilates, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I love that question.
2: Um, So it's really funny actually, because I always say that your Pilates is the thing that helps your other workouts. Yeah. So it's it it, like that question kind of makes me laugh for that reason. I'm always like, no, the Pilates is the thing that teaches (laughs) you healthy alignment and makes you more flexible. Um, (laughs) And I'll say that that's going to be really good for assisting your other workouts as far as like form and understanding, like, good alignment and body mechanics and will give you, Pilates will give you all the flexibility you need for normal life. Mm -hmm. However, if you would like to do, um, you know, weird tricks in your living room because it's locked down and like you need to do something crazy, in that case, I would recommend taking on a yoga practice, but not just any yoga practice. You need to do like a more extreme practice like Jiva mokti or something that is going to bend you into crazy shapes. <laughs> That's definitely not necessary
1: for regular life. <laughs> so Pilates is the real core here. <laughs> um, so I know we kind of touched about on, on the pelvic floor and I want to get into that a little bit because You know, it is a big part of Pilates. So for someone who doesn't know, what even is a pelvic floor and how does Pilates help?
2: Okay, so the pelvic floor is a group of muscles that is the basin of your pelvis. And um, it's like a bowl and it actually keeps your organs inside of your body. That's its main function. Um, so it keeps like your bladder and your digestive system and all those organs, it keeps them inside of your torso. And so they don't fall out the bottom of your pelvis. Um, and then it actually reflects your diaphragm. So it's like your pelvic floor is like a bowl in the bottom of your pelvis and your diaphragm is like a dome on top and they kind of work in coordination and they have a similar way of moving. And that's like the easiest way to think about it. Your diaphragm's on top and your pelvic floor is on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason, there are a couple of reasons that Pilates really focuses on your pelvic floor. So the first would be that the fibers of your pelvic floor interdigitate with your abdominals. So what that means is they like, it's like um, a webbing and they, the fibers cross each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm making a hand gesture to describe this, um, but you guys at home will just have to use your imagination. <laughs> um, so when the fibers of your pelvic floor fire, it has an effect on your low abs, and when your low abs fire, it has an effect on your pelvic floor. So they have um a coordinated effect on each other. Mm-hmm. So So much of Pilates is about using your low abs in the most efficient way. and So you must coordinate your pelvic floor in order to be optimized, basically. The other thing about your pelvic floor is um, as women, especially as we get older or after we have babies, our pelvic floor can, um, you lose tone in your pelvic floor. That's very common. And it's like not surprising because basically the center of the pelvic floor expands to a giant hole and then you birth the baby mm-hmm. out of it. Right. So <laughs>
0: gaining,
2: gaining tone back in your pelvic floor is really important so that you remain continent for instance, which mm-hmm. just means, so you don't pee yourself. Yeah. Which people don't talk about a lot, but is super common after childbirth. Right. Mm-hmm. So having a strong pelvic floor will really help you to um, gained, regain tone through there and regain your continence. And then I'll give you a third reason, Mm -hmm. which is anytime you have a muscle that is strong, you have a stronger sensation in that muscle. So the connection between your brain and the muscle or your nervous system, um, your nervous system's ability to have sensation and feel in that muscle becomes stronger. Mm -hmm. So that has a pretty obvious benefit if your pelvic floor is stronger and toned you're going to have more sensation which means that like in your sex life for instance you'll have more sensation there so there there's not like it's not super documented because this is actually not a very well researched area um but there is evidence to suggest that having a strong pelvic floor will help you have like better orgasms, for instance, or have access to, uh, an orgasm. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. And how does Pilates really focus in on the pelvic floor?
2: I mean, I think the biggest thing is it, it just addresses it and talks about it. And like specifically by teaching you to engage it, um, you're using it. And I think, um, like, it's just not a thing that people talk about very much. And, you know, you go into Pilates and people are like, lift your Kegel muscles. And you're like, yo, where do I do it? (laughs) How does that work? Right. (laughs) How do I squeeze it? So I think by just like,
1: (laughs) it's so true though. Like it is literally Pilates. It's not like I go boxing and they're like, you know, squeeze your Kegels. Like that's the, you know, like, Let's strengthen your pelvic floor. Like, focus on your pelvic alignment, whatever it is.
2: Totally. So I think that's just the biggest thing. It's just acknowledging it, talking about it, making it part of a conversation and normalizing that being a group of muscles that you need to pay attention to and make stronger and then giving you direction to engage it. It's mm-hmm. like the same thing with your abs, even. It's like if you're not doing ab exercises, then you're not strengthening your abs. If you're doing... Um, exercises and your teacher says, hug in through your transverse abs and lift through your pelvic floor and you teach your body how to do that, then you're going to do that on a regular basis and you'll be stronger in those muscles.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And like, I, I love Pilates for that reason, because you kind of hone in on like that, like every muscle, you know, and it's, it's so interesting that you don't even think that if you like, kind of like move your back like that, or like your hip this way, it makes such a difference. 100%
2: hundred percent.
1: Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. So, for again, for someone who is new, what is the difference between mat and reformer Pilates?
2: So, I'll say in general, Pilates is a method, mm-hmm. and um, method and method of Pilates that we do at New York Pilates is um, not only. Very focused on alignment, but it also is rigorous and designed to be an everyday fitness practice. Mm -hmm. So that's Pilates. And you can take that method and you can put it on the mat or the reformer. And it's the same method in either place. On the mat, obviously, the exercises are reformatted to be designed to not have any equipment so that you can do those moves at home. You're still talking about the alignment of your pelvis, engaging your transverse abs, lifting through your pelvic floor, how you're using your neck, you know, those kinds of things. All of those are the things that make it Pilates. And you can also take those same movements and put them on the reformer, which is a bonus because it's a very fun toy to play with. It slides back and forth and, you know, has resistance, which is fun. And, you know, it's like, it's like a giant toy, but basically it's Pilates in either place. I actually kind of joke about this where it's like, if it's Pilates, it's your Pilates when you're running, you're using your Pilates when you're on a bike, you're using your Pilates when you are picking up a giant box, ideally. Yeah. So it's like, it's really a method of teaching you how to use your body in a really efficient way. And it's a bunch of exercises designed to reinforce those concepts and to build the strength so that you are able to do it.
1: I love that. So let's talk about New York Pilates because it obviously, it I mean, it has a cult following and like anyone I know who's been to like even a class talks about how awesome it is. So what do you guys do that's just different?
2: Well, I'll say that when we were envisioning what New York Pilates would be, we really wanted to turn Pilates on its head while keeping the magic essence of it. Mm -hmm. So I would say the biggest thing, just the Pilates itself, the biggest thing between New York Pilates and other Pilates is that it's designed to be very dynamic and to be an everyday fitness practice. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of Pilates is um, focused more on being therapeutic or on being um, like um, a secondary practice. Right. And I'll say, for instance, um, before we opened the studio in New York, you could basically only take Pilates as a private session Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what really positioned it as um, a supplement Mm -hmm. because it's not accessible for most people to be able to take a private session every day. And so it's intrinsically not going to be your everyday practice for that reason. And so it's kind of positioned as a we're going to spend this hour to talk about some specific things and they're going to take that and use it in your other things that you do. Right. Yeah. Versus we really tried to take the magic of those exercises and fuse them inside of actual um, workouts. Mm -hmm. So it is, you go in and it is an actual workout. It's also teaching you alignment and, um, and creating strength at the same time. So it's multitasking, doing those things at the same time. It's teaching you alignment through the moves. Um, So from the Pilates perspective, perspective, I would say that's the deal. And then from the other, the other things is at the time that we opened New York Pilates, it was very clinical everywhere. And I had been teaching for seven or eight years at the time that we opened the studio. And I was like, all of my friends, all the people my age, like people don't really know what Pilates is, they can't afford to take privates or they have taken one or two ever. Um, most people don't know what it is. And they think it's for old people, like old moms and grandmas and the physical spaces were very clinical. Mm -hmm. And after like, you know, nearly a decade of people asking me how yoga was, I was like, listen, we gotta do something to bring this thing that I'm obsessed with And make it accessible to people in my age range, both from a price point perspective, a scheduling perspective, but also just like what it feels like when you walk in the space. Like make something for me. I was like, I'm the customer. Make something for me and my friends and like younger people who want to get their ass kicked, but like also also have the magic of what this beautiful practice does for people. So with that perspective, my um, then boyfriend, now husband partnered with me and he's an incredible interior designer. He was a DJ and he um, does branding. So he brought all of that and we really talked about what we wanted it to be. And he executed my vision for the studio for like just, far beyond what I could ever have done, right? So it's like he created the spaces. He was like, this is what I think you want. And then we would talk about it and be like this color or that color, or like how you express that vision. And we really worked together on it. We did the same thing with the music, which what we chose to do with the music was we never, ever top play top 40. Mm-hmm. Never, ever. And we wanted music that was like very – cool but also wouldn't be distracting from the workouts Mm -hmm. so we ended up going with a vibe and it's changed a little bit over time obviously like music has changed over the last eight years and so we want to change with it and stay progressive but you know think like synthy vibes that bring you into an experience Mm -hmm. um, without taking over the experience and I think you know He was a DJ for so many years and brings in, he calls them deep cuts. It's like things you would never have heard. And so it's kind of a music discovery at the same time. So it's fusing all of these elements
1: together that creates such a unique experience. I love that. Um, And obviously you guys have created something really, really special that speaks to people. So I think it's so, so cool.
2: I can't wait till we can reopen. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. I'm excited to take a class as soon as you do. <laughs> so, speaking of that, um, since the world shut down, you obviously pivoted and you started the NYP World platform. What can people expect from that?
2: So, we spent a lot of time thinking about what we wanted to do with the, um, the online platform, and we'd actually been brainstorming about what our online would look like for a couple of years. We really wanted to go online, but obviously it's a massive undertaking. So when the lockdown hit and we, we, we needed to decide what to do, we decided to take the time to really create the vision of the product that we had been imagining.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so what we did is we created bite-sized videos Um, And then it's formatted in an abs, arms, ass workout. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a circuit where it goes an abs video, an arms video, and an ass video. And it goes in a circuit like that. And um, each video is five to seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And you can do them and they they, uh, show up in a playlist. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is your Monday workout. It serves you a 45 minute workout, um, but in incremental pieces. So it's like you might do one piece of it in the morning and the next piece at lunch or however fits for your schedule. Or the other thing about it is starting a 45 minute video as we talked about before it can be kind of intimidating. So you can psych yourself out and be like, okay, I'm just going to do the first one. Mm-hmm. But then when you finish the first one, if you're in the mood, you can do the second one, etc. Right. And I think we were talking a lot about like people's attention span and what it's like to work out at home and all of those elements and used, used those kind of tricks for your attention span. Mm-hmm. Um, along with some other things that are from like children's television shows slash game theory, where it's like, you know, you have your Pilates workout. Um, but then when you finish something hard, you get, confetti and a robot voice that says, <laughs> that says congratulations i love that. So, like these little things that like kind of make you laugh and they're fun um but are also proven to create a little serotonin release so it's like even though it might seem dumb to have the robot say congratulations your brain really likes it and <laughs> you have a response to that and so it gives um you know positive affirmations via both the words on the screen and that creates a little serotonin release. So then you crave wanting to do more of it. So it creates something where you want to do it instead of something you're dreading doing.
1: That is so awesome. And it sounds really fun. And also like I was looking at the platform earlier today and it's really fun the way you guys have set it up. It actually looks like a game.
2: We really wanted it to feel a little bit like a video game because it's like, That's what people do on the internet is they play Mm -hmm. video games. And we were like, how do we create this into something that you're addicted to and want to do as opposed to something that you're like, okay, I have to force myself to do
1: it. Yeah. It's, it's like the platform looks really, really cool. Like really fun. I've never seen another workout platform that looks like that at all. So like kudos. I mean, you've done an insane job.
2: Thank you so much. It's pretty wild. And definitely after we finished like the first iteration, Brian, that's my husband and partner, Mm -hmm. Brian and I sat back and we looked at it and we were like, is this too crazy? Did we go off the rails here? (laughs) This is pretty far out. Um, but it's really fun. And I'm, I have to say the more I've used it, it's like, I'm so proud of it. It's really something that I have enjoyed using. And, um, you know, now we're starting to gain traction, and I'm starting to get these messages from people that are like, Thank you for creating something that I actually wake up excited to do, which Aww. I think is a huge achievement in lockdown. Like, the, and those messages are the thing that keep me going. Like, yeah, oh, for sure. So glad you
1: like it. <laughs> That's so cute. And I love that. Um, okay. So, the last question I have for you is What is your personal workout routine?
2: So my COVID lockdown workout routine has been, um, most weekdays. Mm -hmm. I text with my friend. I have a friend who is out in Montauk with me, who like is my workout buddy. So we text in the morning and we're like, okay, are we meeting today? We're going to meet. And we go over to the studio, which I'm so lucky to have access to because I have reformers there. Mm -hmm. And, um, we actually, do we turn on nyp world and we do a reformer workout to it and i know that that seems sort of silly and weird that i am using the platform to work out but you just you need someone to tell you what to do so that your mind can like go Mm -hmm. soft and you can get into that meditative state versus um and you you can talk to any teacher they're like god i cannot work myself out so that's what we've been doing. We've been literally using NYP World on the reformers, um, which has been so fun. And the workouts are really hard. And I totally yell at myself on my <laughs> iPad sometimes. Or I'm just like, what sort of a maniac made this workout? What sort of a deranged person thought this was a good idea? They're hard. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so um, funny. <laughs> Um, And then on days when I'm not doing that, then I'll either use the same. I'll either um, use the platform and do a mat workout or I'll be working on new workouts that will go up on the program on the platform. Um, The other thing is I also love doing some other things, including I love biking, especially Mm -hmm. when the weather is nice. I love biking outdoors. um, I will take ballet bar still on the Internet it's um, to get started, but I love it. And yoga also. So I love all, all types of movement too. So I usually will pepper those into my weekly routine.
1: Love that. And I guess I I know I said that was my last question, but I actually have one more. (laughs) If someone is uh, like completely new to Pilates, like is fully, you know, complete beginner, what do you recommend for them? Like they want to use NYP world. Like, like, what do you recommend? How do they start?
2: So all of the workouts on the platform are designed to be the open level because inside of the workouts, there are modifications or advancements. So for every move, I give cues that are like, if this feels too hard for you, then do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they're kind of long reps for each move, so that you have plenty of time to really get into the right position and fully feel feel the burn, so to speak. Um, but I also am constantly cueing throughout. It's like take a break, listen to your body, take a break whenever you need to, and then join back in. And it's about the repetition of doing the same movements, where over time you gradually increase in strength. And we were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. where it's It's about it being progressive and incremental. So you can start with the same videos and you might only do half the reps and do the modified version. And then you'll be able to watch yourself progress to be able to do the little bit more advanced version and do more reps and feel yourself uh, progress that way.
1: Love that. So there's something there for everyone. That's the idea love it um heather thank you so much for being here where can everyone find you you can find me at new york pilates on instagram
2: or at heather anderson underscore spelled (laughs) (laughs) s-e-n it might be easier to find me from new york pilates um and you can find me on nyp world amazing thank you so much heather thank you so much this has been such a joy